Ponderland tonight I'm pondering crime. What about this is a crime that you will have done. You know that thing on the telly always TV license, have you got one? <laughs> because we've got this van, you know. <laughs> we've got a van and it got very special power. And we come round your house with our van. We'll come and come then! Where are you? They never come, do they? We will come. Why? Stop telling me you're gonna come! Just fucking come! I ain't got TV license right. Well, we'll we'll bring the van and we <laughs> We know exactly sometimes when you masturbate, you think of about a man, don't you? <laughs> no, we know the van because we saw with the van. Oh, don't do it, prove it. That's stupid. Do you like watching telly? Have like three or four channels on at once. Woohoo! Yeah! Well, the van, we can see you. Yeah, come on! Right, I'm much more uh, endeared towards like, you know, sort of like hard crime, criminal hard men, you know. Oh, my son, yeah, I'll carve you up. Right, what about that gangster? Mad Frankie Fraser, right? I always think, right, Matt, he's got the prefix, Mad Frankie Fraser. At what point did he stop being Frankie Fraser and become Mad Frankie? But what did he do to get that in front of his name, Mad Frankie Fraser? Oh, it's Mad Frankie home, please, Mrs. Fraser. Oh, he's out in the garden, wanking. Right? <laughs> People that Frankie Fraser hung around with, the Craze, the Richardsons, hard gangsters, right? What was he doing that they weren't doing? They were all doing all mad killings and violence and robbery. So like his mates were all architects and web designers. Like, oh, Frank, it's me, put that gun down, trying to do a blueprint. Right? They're all proper nutters, right? But also, when you look at Frankie Fraser, it always sounds just all gentle and lovely, even when he's talking about Robbie Woolworths, like he is now. But big stores like Woolworths, they had the big glass front stores which they still got today and the safe would be just on the left hand side as you looked in all lit up everyone could see it well really it was an open invitation no it ain't <laughs> illumination is not an invitation well I mean it was all lit up it's like they wanted us to go in there and nick stuff but Nelson's column is all lit up they ain't like London Borough Council going, hmm, do you want it? <laughs> I'll have Nelson, I'll get him off that column, I'll put him in my rockery. He's <laughs> standing there all embarrassed. I used to be taller, you know. <laughs> Out of order. Lighting up a shop is a commercial necessity in the retail trade. You can't just grope your way around Woolworth. Was that the Easter egg wall that goes on forever? Right? So I'm like, and it's lovely this bit. It's like this really good bit of the psychology of a criminal, right? Listen to Frankie Fraser talking and his evident sense of entitlement. Or oh, anybody done, they went in the back way. As soon as it was clear, just what? Put the, the wheels under it, you know. Little trolley and wheeled it out as if it was yours, which it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Like, why, how come you nick it in the middle of the night then? <laughs> I mean, which you, I mean, you just took it like it was yours, which it was. It's no, it 
Mate, your name is not Mad Frankie Woolworths. <laughs> it is, I'm made Frankie Woolworths. <laughs> Lenny McLean was in some ways the absolute realisation of hardness. This is lovely, right? Lenny McLean, who's sort of, it's so intensely, terrifyingly hard that you just think that if I got in a fight with him, I just think he wouldn't have a fight with me because he's too hard. Oh, Christ. So this is him at his car showroom, right? Giving fight advice. He ain't even entirely a person. That's how hard he is. So we're having a fight. You show him right? Right. Right. See, that's how I would do it. It's like getting some advice from a bear, because like, you won't be able to apply that in the real world. Well, well probably I'll like, use my mighty claws to tear apart. In the winter months, I like to hibernate. Like, you can't apply that, because it's all specific to being a great big hard bastard. Right? And look at this, he don't just leave it at moves, he also tells you the psychology of violent expertise and fighting, which is a bit disturbing. Always remember that. Keep strong and fit and hate from there to your ankles. Hate so much. Hate! <laughs> that angry honey monster! I want my hate! <laughs> and the way he goes, hate from there, right? That's the seventh chakra, the chakra of the soul. Hate from there, right the way down to your ankles. But the feet are let off. <laughs> the feet are all right, they can be quite gentle, like little twinkle toes waiting to sleep. <laughs> Right, it is really lovely how he elaborates on his technique, right, and the significance of hate. But the way he talks about it and like using fighting, it's really odd. Listen. Take your advice, smash everything, smash everything from here, smash everything. Because I hate. Smash everything, like, because I hate. It just sounds like a builder, but smash that, smash all that, knock that through, careful of that, that's the supporting wall, right? Build a conservatory around the back of there, because of hate. Build, build a lovely car showroom, because of the hate, again. Nissan, half price this week only, because of hate. Right? Why is everything inspired by hate? Right? And also, he's known as the governor, wasn't he? The self-styled governor. He wrote a book, right? Governor, by Lenny himself. Here it is, right? It became a best-selling book. Oh, look what I am, a hard bastard. Right? <laughs> right, and after the success of that book, it was hugely successful, they thought, oh, there's a market for this book. Right, look at this next one. Married to the governor by his wife. Governor, what would you like for breakfast? Hate! <laughs> okay, I'll put some on. Then <laughs> it gets like even more tenuous. Look at this. The governor through the eyes of others. Well, people have just seen the governor. Oh, yes, well, he looked a bit angry about something. And look at this bit. Look, this is more ridiculous. I never met the governor, but I've always thought I'd like to. <laughs> American crime sort of has a different model to it, don't it? Gang crime, right? Look at this gang, they're sort of dead lovely. And the bloke running the gang, he's probably a professional, but the hierarchy of the gang, in my view, is badly organised. Like the leader, very good, very efficient, good sales power, knows what he's doing, knows his kit, knows his equipment. But the second in command of the gang is a bloody blithering idiot, right? Who just comes up with like weird catchphrases and that. So listen to the patter of the leader of the gang, but also keep an eye on his sort of sidekick. This is a madman's gun, yeah. a double bear. Yeah, that's into yeah, a man's man gun. A man that go kill with this is really mad. <laughs> it 
The leader, you're really professional, like a QVC presenter. Really, okay, so yeah, we've got that. That's uh, working very well, very useful, right? Really slick and that. But like that one is behind him. You just think he's always been about there, just backing him up, like sort of a Barry White singer, sort of like them people in the back go, yeah, all right, <laughs> okay, come on. Right, look at this. Like this is a compilation of his frankly unnecessary outbursts. Yes, indeed, real bad. Oh, my lord. Yes. You better watch out. <laughs> You better watch out. Yeah. Look, you're undermining this gang for me. Right, and this is really funny as well, right? Their gang is called the Santana Gang, probably because they live in an area in LA called Santana. But look, what's really funny is they've co-opted the merchandise of the guitarist, Carlos Santana. Right? Just, yeah, we'll use that. Why bother getting our own stuff knocked up? We'll just use Santana's stuff. OK, detective, are there any clues to the scene the murder? Well, there are plectrums everywhere. It's the Santana Gang. They're at war with the infamous Hank Marvin crew. They're assholes. Me, personally, I've never really been accepted into a gang. If I'm going to do a crime, I have to work alone. I don't really do crimes now. In the old days, they'd do some crimes. Here's a charge sheet from crimes I used to do, right? This is a bit of an embarrassing crime, because ultimately this crime boils down to indecent exposure. That's what it pretty much becomes <laughs> after analysis. Uh, look at this. On the 1st of May 2002, Water Street, London, you committed an act outraging public decency by behaving in an indecent manner. It's got my names, brand, forename, Russell Edward, occupation, comedian, sex, yes please. I mean, you know. <laughs> Try and have a little laugh on your charge sheet. Really lift the mood of a difficult and embarrassing arrest. Right, and then on the final page, look, right, they've asked my signature, and I always used to do my signature like my name's Russell Edward Brand, I'd always put Reb. Yeah? <laughs> like a rebel? That's probably why you're arresting me. But let me tell you, I will ride again. And that right? Yeah, you better watch out. <laughs> This is the actual crime itself. On the 1st of May 2002, Water Street, London, without lawful excuse, you did damage one satellite communications van. What lawful excuse could there be for doing it? Did you have a lawful excuse for doing that? Uh, yes, I thought there was a bee on the van, so I hit it with a frying pan. Right. And, uh, okay, so tragically, as well as this uh, charge sheet, we do have footage of the day's events unfolding. Let's watch that now. Oh, I better get on that satellite van. There's a crowd of thousands of people, sex workers of Soho, gathered around. But once you've got on a van in front of a crowd, you've got to keep the crowd entertained. That's vital. How do we keep them entertained? We've got a lot of options. Probably best to get my bum out. Yeah, this revolution will be a real triumph once the old bum comes out. But then I think, that's probably not enough, the bum. We probably need to see a little bit more nudity. Right? Try and get the old crowd going. Yeah, come on. Strip naked. Right? Try and work the crowd up. Now, that, that is a flatteringly large piece of blurring, let me tell you. 
Right, look at me. So really, yeah, come on. Revolution, man. There's a terrible bit. I realise my cock looks tiny. Try to wank it harder. And then pull my pants up. Yeah. All right. Revolution, suckers. Let's have a little break and then maybe a revolution. But first a break. Pondering crime, really, pretty much. Criminal language, I'm quite interested in. You know, like fighting talk. I ain't very good at doing some fighting talk. Like, if you get in a fight, people are really good. Oh, yeah, mate. Yeah, you mug. I'll strike you. Yeah, I'll take you down. Right, I'm not very good at that kind of thing. I always, like, because I'm not very confident in a fight situation, I try and use the language of a situation in which I am confident. Sexual. So, like, I always end up using language in a fight that sounds a little bit, like, weird. Oh, yeah? Oh, come on in, princess, yeah? Yeah? Why don't we kick off our shoes and have a little dance about, yeah? Always sounds, like, weird and unusual. Embarrassing. Like, people after, when, if you say that to people, I think some people think it's a bit intimidating, but most people think, I'm gonna kill this little man. <laughs> We move on now to the drama that surrounds crime. Now, the Bill, as a television programme, has always been known as a breeding ground for rich talent. In fact, many of the country's finest thespians and actors have found their origins in the programme The Bill. Let's watch now this glorious episode of The Bill when this brilliant and charming young thespian makes his on-screen debut. And I think he's very much like a young Peter O'Toole. I, I really do. Watch him. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If they don't do bail, they take me straight out of prison, right? What am I mean, yeah? I had a meet on my mind a few months back and yeah. they hadn't done anything either and they dropped the case before it got to court. Do you reckon they might do that to me? No. Good, good acting. Skillful, young Jimmy Dean, Monty Clift, he's got it all. I was 18, I really took acting seriously then. And when I watched it back, that particular scene, in post-production, some wise guy at Thames TV has put a bit of audio of some other bloke in another cell shouting about his watch in a really comically well-timed way. It's really annoying. Drop the case before it got to court. Do you reckon they might do that to me? No. Hey, you! Where's my watch? It ruins the whole scene. This bit's well sad, right? It's me. I'm a way teen in that. And I see a bit of an opportunity to do a little joke, right? And I think, oh, hello. I'll do this with some comic timing. You kicked him, didn't you? And not just at once. You gave him a right going over. Leaving him with severe bruising, fracturing of the ribcage, extensive injuries to the internal organs. Can you say that again in English? I hope you'll understand it better in pictures. <laughs> Yeah, the little look there. Can you say that again in English? Oh, ho, ho, ho. Like the next day after that, right, I deliberately went to Lakeside Shopping Centre, near where I'm from, totally and solely for the purpose of being recognised, right? I thought, go to Lakeside, right? Went to Lakeside wearing similar clothes to I was wearing that day, so wandering around shops in Lakeside going, want to say that again in English? Huh? Mm? That's right. Right, no one cared. Right, and then at one time, I think I was in Next, standing by some jumpers, and some bloke went, oh, um, was, excuse me, mate, was you in the bill last night? And I went, oh, can't you leave me in peace, please? <laughs> Let me have my 
space and I've been left alone. Are you not satisfied with what you've done to Diana? You vultures! <laughs> Neighbourhood watch is a vital part of crime prevention. You cannot prevent a crime without Neighbourhood watch. Neighbourhood watch is rubbish, isn't it? It's like, watch. What are you going to watch, are you? Yeah, just going to watch what's happening in the neighbourhood. Oh, thanks for watching that. It's not even doing anything. Like, watch snooker. It's like doing nothing. It's passive. Look at this neighbourhood watch group, right? Everyone in it's women except one bloke. And it's like he can't cope with the situation. And all he says all the way through this neighbourhood watch meeting is, that's right. That's right. Right? Count how many times he says it. Also, I believe that there's been an infiltration into the neighbourhood watch group by a criminal. Keep your eyes open, see if you can spot the criminal who has infiltrated that neighbourhood watch group. That's right, that's right. They can't see why you're upset about your car. They've accepted that cars yeah, are stolen right. now and there's nothing they can do about it. Right. So we've got to accept that cars are stolen and we've got to accept that our houses or our garages, because that's petty. Yeah. They're not that's worried right. about it anymore. And I mean, who's looking at, who is worrying about it if we don't start worrying about it ourselves? That's right. I think that's why we're succeeding. Mm. Because yes. we're not prepared to accept <laughs> This aged hoodie. I think she may be involved in the damage to your car, Bill. That's right. That's right. If you are involved in the world of crime, particularly if you're participating in TV, please do take precautions to protect your identity, as this person has sensibly done. But you sort of think, all right, you, the main bloke involved in the crime, protect your identity. But did all the other individuals in this programme need to protect their identity? Pickles. Pickles, you little grass. Right? But if you squint, you can see that dog anyway. Just squint at it, you can see his normal face. That's just Pickles the dog who lives in that house with that woman wearing some little square jazz glasses. <laughs> hey, who's the little pothead dog? This woman here, who we're about to meet, is well in uh, crime prevention and everything. She watches like CCTV that's rigged up to her TV that's in her flats. But for some reason, she feels the need to aggressively deny that she's watching it for pleasure. I don't watch it for pleasure, you know. I'm just watching it because, you know, it's necessary. Why would I watch it for pleasure? No one's accused her of it. Think, why are you trying to defend yourself, though, then? Look at this. You can see who's coming up into your grounds, you know. It's there really for your help, isn't it? It's not. It's not for, for pleasure. I mean, <laughs> sit and watch that all day long. I mean, there's the other programmes on. It's not a program. It's not a program, is it? Well, no, what's that? There's plenty of other programmes, you know. I'm not bored. And then, right, watch her. She is watching it for pleasure. Because look what happens when she tries to watch normal telly. Look how long she can cope with it for. All right, I'll just put normal telly on. Nah, that's a bit shit. Not really into that. Nah, boring. Snooker. What, on black and white? You're joking. It's rubbish. Absolute rubbish. See what's on the other side. Ooh! Stairwell! No! Nice! 
surprise! Fluff over it! None of us want to have our bag nicked, do we? And you're prepared to take certain preventative measures, but don't go too far with the preventative measures. Oh, I don't want my bag nicked, so I'll always carry a bag that's on fire, right? <laughs> that's stupid, right? But look at this idiotic method of preventing bag crime. The same team of backroom boys have come up with this ingenious device. Of course, it's a lecture attacker. Have the bag. It's an impractical way of protecting your bag. It just goons out and becomes like a rotatory washing line. Boom! Right, and also, that bag's got to be stuffed with the mechanism for them telescopic arm things. Be no room in there for any of your stuff. Because, uh, and what have you got in your bag? Well, mostly a mechanism to protect the bag and a matchbox with a earwig in it as well. I don't want him getting stolen. Oh, what? goes off in a lift, right? Just kill everyone! <laughs> well, sorry, you looked at me askew. And the same jokers that made that crime prevention object make this video for car crime, right? But the voiceover artist does not appreciate that they, this is simply about not getting car stolen. OK, Stephen, uh, you're well aware of what we're doing here, aren't you? Uh, yes, yes, I'm well aware of what I've got to do. We're just making a programme about not getting car stolen. Yes, well, I've, I've done these films a hundred times before. I'm often providing voiceovers who've really nothing to worry about. You know, the thing is, Stephen, it's just that you are a hateful misogynist and sometimes it does slip into your work. Well, well I've determined not to let it happen this time. I shall simply tell people about not being irresponsible with their cars. Good. Just that then, yeah? Yes. So often, people ask for what they get. Just consider this street scene. They act as though crooks only exist in detective novels and whodunit films. Women in particular. For years, they nag the old man to buy them a car, or a better car, and then they either smash it up or leave it like this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Women, the stupid slags. Uh, it makes me wonder, you know, is there an escape from the world of criminality, whether it's glamorous or whether it's tedious and mundane? Even Lenny McLean, the man at the beginning, if he can find redemption through the more gentle aspects of our lives, through our arts, through salvation, not necessarily through God, but through the endeavours of man, the artistic and spiritual endeavours of man, perhaps there is hope for all of us. But he is a little bit embarrassed about the way he's found redemption. No way in England could beat me. Now, I've retired because I had a bit of trouble a couple of years ago. You're using this now? So now I'm using this, and I'll do a lot of poetry. By the way, he's all embarrassed that he does poetry. Yeah, I'll do a bit of poetry, and uh, sometimes now I'll make, you know, some perfume out of rose petals just mixed up in water, you know, and give it to me mum, cos I hate, hate. That's what's inspiring me. So if there's a room for Lenny to redeem himself through art and perfume, perhaps there's hope for all of us. So you better watch out. That's it for show, good luck. You better watch out.